Hi, this is Relate to the Bible podcast with Deborah Styling, a podcast that helps listeners realize the Bible is still relevant in the 21st century. Hello, this newest episode is called Requesting Balaam to Seek Balak, King of Moab. It covers Numbers chapter 22, verses 1 through 41. You can also find this at Books of the Bible in smaller chunks at https colon double backslash Bible in smaller chunks, B-I-B-L-E-I-N-S-M-A-L-L-E-R-C-H-U-N-K-S dot blogspot, B-L-O-G-S-P-O-T dot com. I felt led to write this for people in our busy world so they have in their smaller chunks of time the ability to listen to or read the Bible and portions and relate to what the Lord shares with them through the Bible. In doing this, I am ever mindful of Revelation chapter 22, verses 18 through 19, not to add to or take away from anything that's in the Bible. And also, when I did say about, felt led to write that, I felt like that's what the Lord was hearing me for, to write it for them, not that's my idea. It, it's the idea the Lord had on my heart, and I don't think I said that clearly. So when it was being mindful of chapter of Revelations 22, 18 and through 19, not to add to or take away from anything in the Bible, take that very seriously. And I wasn't sure how I was supposed to accomplish what the Lord had on my heart to do. And after lots and lots of prayerful contemplation, the Lord had it on my heart that I'm not supposed to change the meaning of any of the passages. It doesn't mean I won't change the wording because it calls, I will put within brackets things more current terms, like it says vittles, and not everybody would relate to it unless they watch a lot of Beverly Hillbillies. And, and so I put the word food in there, or sometimes it says he spoke to him. It's actually quite often in the Bible, and it, it makes it tricky to figure out who's speaking and who's speaking been spoken to and so sometimes i will put who the person either of the people are or both the people just depends on what's needed so it's not confusing and i will put those within brackets and i won't usually tell you i mean i'll just read right through it because i used to do it in the beginning when i did the podcast and it makes it choppy if i tell every time i change the word or tell you who's speaking instead i just read through who they are although it does have it within brackets on the internet if you choose to look at the internet. But also, the Lord also had on my heart ways to help add to the understanding of the meaning he has for each passage. And those I will put within brackets. And if I think it's significant, I will change the font color. Uh, You won't be able to see it, but I will tell you if I've done that, so that I want to make sure you know that I have added that in there because the Lord sometimes will have on my heart to add possible information that might add clarity or paraphrasing background information because it refers to something somewhere else in the Bible and you, you might not know what they're talking about if you don't have that background information, but I want you to know that's been added and so I changed font and I'll usually say within brackets it says, or I'll tell you I changed the color of the font or something like that so that you know that. Um, 
Sometimes I condense, combine, and compress similar words, or I will I don't include re repetitive text within a chapter. Now, if it's in a different chapter, that's different. But sometimes there are particular things that are said over and over and over again. And if it adds new meaning, or if it adds, if it's done for emphasis, I will most certainly include it. But if it doesn't, then I don't put the repetitive portion. I note it, you know, in a way that you know it applies to all of those. But um, but in doing these things, it does change the verse numbering. So I'll tell you this is verse four, this is verse five, this is verse six. And being careful about how to rectify this if these things were done. The idea the Lord had on my heart was to tell you like I did this in the book of the Bible's numbers. And I mean, I didn't spell it out specifically. I just told you this, knowing that I would explain it more specifically. And it's covering chapter 22, and it's over verses 1 through 41. That, so that you know that the vast majority of the pertinent information the Lord God had on my heart to include from this chapter will be here. Also, the Lord had it on my heart to put in a table format. And now, though you won't be able to tell it because reading it is the same in a table format as hearing it in a table format, because you can't tell that. It's just if you get online, you see that. But hopefully, you find that beneficial. Um, also, if I ever get to a part where it's foretelling of a future event, I'll say, ah, there's an asterisk. It's foretelling of a future event. Sometimes I can briefly summarize what that event is later. Sometimes I can't do it briefly, so I don't. Um, and if I ever get to a part where Jesus' words are, when Jesus speaks, his words will be in red, and I will tell you that. But we've got a ways to go before we get to that, unless we have something that relates to the New Testament, and then I will tell you that. Already, requesting Balaam to see Balak, king of Moab. Numbers chapter 22, verses 1 through 41. The children, which is the people of Israel, set forward and pitched their tents in the plains of Moab on this side of the Jordan River by Jericho. Balak, Zippor's son, and all the Israelites had. Oh, I read it wrong. I apologize. Balak, Zippor's son, saw all the Israelites had done to the Amorites. Okay, this is an aside because you might not know all of this. Um, so the Israelites are traveling toward the promised land and they ask different of the king, and this is the Amorites they're referring to now, can we pass through on your road, go on through your country, we won't go to the right or the left, we won't wreck the grass, we won't let our animals feed, and even if we should get a drink of water, we will pay for anything we do. And they said no. And so then they prayed to the Lord God and and the Israelites told them, then we will destroy these countries since they wouldn't let us go through their land because they had to walk a long, 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 long way around. And that's what they're talking about. They saw what happened when the Israelites had destroyed the Amorites. Okay, back to the passage. Moab was very afraid and distressed because of the people, which is the Israelites, because there were many of them. Moab said to Midian's elders, now this company of Israelites shall pick up all who are around us, like cow licks up the grass of the field. Balak, who is Zippor's son, was the Moabites, the Moabites king at the time. 
Balak sent messengers to Balaam, Bayer's son at Pethor, and I may not pronounce these correctly, I just do the best I can, which is by the river in the land of his people to call Balaam. They said, look, there is a people who have come out of Egypt and they covered the face of the earth and they are next to me. I pray that you come and now curse these people for me for they are too mighty for me. Perhaps I might prevail and defeat them and drive them out of the land. I know that those who you bless are blessed and those you curse are cursed. Moab's and Midian's elders left with the payment for the diviner's curse in their hands. They're going to pay this person to curse the Israelites. They came to Balaam and told him the words Balak said. Balaam said to them, lodge here tonight and I will bring you back an answer of whatever the Lord says to me. Moab's princes stayed with Balaam. The Lord God came to Balaam and said, who are these men with you? Balaam said to God, Balak, Zippor's son, Moab's king, has sent me saying, look, there is a people who have come out of Egypt and covered the face of the earth. Come now and curse them for me. Perhaps I will be able to overcome them and drive them out. God said to Balaam, you shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people for they are blessed. These are the Israelites they're referring to. Balaam rose up in the morning and said to Balak's princess, go into your land for the Lord refuses to give me permission to go with you. Moab's princess returned to Balak, not princess, but princes returned to Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. Balak sent back even more honorable princes and they came to Balaam. They said to him, Balak, the first son said, I pray that you don't let anything stop you from coming to me, for I will promote you with great honor and I will do whatever you say. I pray that you come here and curse these people for me. Again, he wants them to curse the Israelites. Balaam said to Balak's servants, if Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, I can't go beyond doing more or less than the word of the Lord my God. Therefore, I pray that you stay here tonight to know if the Lord will say more to me. God came to Balaam in the night and said to him, if the men come to you, oh, if the men come to call you, rise up and go with them, but you shall only do the word I say to you. Balaam, okay, so I have this within brackets and I didn't have it dark, but I'm going to make it dark for the future. The thing is, this is background information. Um, Balaam didn't want to be called like God told him. So that's the part. And then it says, and. And then that says the rest. And Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his mule and went up with Moab's princess. God's anger grew because Balaam went. So God had given them specific instructions. If they come and call you, then you go. But Balaam just got up and went. And it's a different thing. And the Lord didn't like that he didn't obey what the Lord had given him the answer, and Balaam did his own thing. Okay, the angel of the Lord stood in the road as the adversary, as an adversary, which is like an enemy, against Balaam. Balaam was riding on his mule, and his two servants were with him. The mule saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road, and, and his sword was drawn in his hand. This is the angel of the Lord had a sword in his hand. The mule turned away and went into the field, and Balaam struck the mule, like, get him, 
to turn back into the road. But the angel of the Lord stood in the path of the vineyards with the wall on either side. When the mule saw the angel of the Lord, she thrust herself into the wall and pressed Balaam's foot against the wall, and he struck his mule again. The angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no place to go to the right or to the left. When the mule saw the angel of the Lord, she fell down with Balaam on top of her. Balaam's anger grew, and he struck his mule with a staff. So it's a, you know, like a wooden rod, like a walking stick, a sheep's hook, something like that. The Lord opened the mouth of the mule, and she said to Balaam, oh, it gives me goosebumps, because this is like a major miracle that the Lord God had the mule speak to him. Okay, she said to Balaam, Why have I done, what have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? Balaam said to the mule, Because you have mocked me. I wish I had a sword in my hand, for I would kill you now. The mule said to Balaam, Aren't I the same mule you've ridden ever since I became yours until this day? Did I ever do this to you? Balaam said, no. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing there with the sword drawn in his hand. Balaam bowed his head and fell flat on his face. The angel of the Lord said to Balaam, why have you struck your mule these three times? Look, I went to oppose you because what you are doing is evil in God's sight. The mule saw me and turned me three times. Surely, if she hadn't turned from me, I would have killed you and saved her alive. Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned because I didn't know that you stood in the road against me. If it displeases you, I will return back. The angel of the Lord said to Balaam, go with the men, but you shall only speak the words that I say to you. So Balaam went with Balak's princess. When Balak heard that Balaam, was there, he went to the city of Moab on the border of Ammon in the outer coast to meet them. Balak said to Balaam, didn't I earnestly send to call you? Why haven't you come to me? Aren't I able to promote you to honor? Balaam said to Balak, although I have come to you, do I have any power at all to say anything? I shall only say the words that God puts in my mouth. Balaam went to Balak as they, and they came to Kerjath Huzoth. Balak offered oxen, sheep, and sent some to Balaam and the princes who were with him. It happened the next day that Balak took Balaam and brought him up to the high place of Baal. Baal's a false god. So Balaam might see the uttermost part of the people of Israel. The next time I read will be Balak wants Balaam to curse the Israelites, and that covers Numbers chapter 23, verses 1 through 30. Please share those with others. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining us at Relate to the Bible. I look forward to you joining us next time, where you will hear more examples of how you can relate the Bible in ways that are especially meaningful to you.